Hey, hey legends. legends! Welcome to episode 4 of Lowdown. Our voices may sound unfamiliar to you, but that's because we are a new set of hosts for the Lowdown podcast. My name is Nabil Khan. And my name is Afia Redu, but don't miss Cheryl too much. We are the ho- new hosts for um, episodes involving school engagement, sports, and so much more. We're excited to be on the Lowdown podcast, so expect to hear more, um, more from us in the near future. Now let's get into this episode. Today on Lowdown, we'll be interviewing Angela Hong, who is the president of the Solidarity Committee. Hi, that's me. And Tracy Tree, who is the co-executive of the Art and Media Council. And that's me. The Student Solidarity Committee was founded just last year, so we can't wait to hear all about them and what they have in store for us. So back in November, the Solidarity Committee hosted a fundraiser for the Today Center to raise awareness about harassment and assault. What made the Today Center stand out as an organization you'd want to work with? So the Solidarity Committee has four main issues every year, and our first issue was harassment and assault. So we wanted to do a fundraiser that had to do with this issue. Um, So the executives had a meeting with everyone, like talking about what kind of fundraiser to do. And I'm pretty sure it was Tracy came up with the idea of doing a fundraiser for a women's shelter. And that's how we found the Today Center. And yeah, so that's how it all started. If I could ask a follow-up question. So Tracy, you came up with this idea to do a fundraiser for the Women's Center. What gave you that inspiration to go forward with that? Um, well, doing some sort of event for our issues, like that was always like something that we wanted to do. And so I thought that doing something related to a women's shelter would tie in really nicely with, like Angela said, our first theme of harassment and assault. Um, You spend a lot of time gathering donations for this event. Um, How does bringing awareness to organizations like the Today Center combat the stigma surrounding harassment and assault? So, obviously with this um, issue, it is really problematic when uh, outsiders start stigmatizing the victims in the scenario and we wanted to raise awareness about this issue and victim blaming. So, Through this fundraiser, we handed out a bunch of infographics and posters um, on our walls. And also we did infographics on Instagram as well to talk about like what the Today Center does and like ways you can help to support the center, which in uh, one of the ways, including was to participate in our fundraiser. And I hope that the community at Lillian can learn a bit about like the truth behind Uh, harassment and assault, particularly from family members as well, because the the Today Center focuses on violence towards like from family members, which is a which is really heartbreaking, in my opinion. Yeah. So. And I like how you pointed out how stigmas is such a big thing with, you know, harassment and assault, because Mm -hmm. oftentimes we focus so much on the victim and we forget Mm -hmm. to actually focus on who did this so it's important to kind of look at that and be able to support the victim more instead of just saying oh they shouldn't have been there at that time or they should have done this this and this it's Mm -hmm. not really the point of that but i liked how you pointed that out yeah and also i think it was um 
it's great to have the school involved in um, a topic so sensitive such as um, mm-hmm. abuse. And it also, like, I guess it helped um, provide education towards these sensitive topics and, like, mm-hmm. more engagement with the student body. So I think that was really cool. Um, to add on to the theme of victim blaming, like, that was something that was, like, an issue that came across while we were creating our post for this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we had to be, like, extra sensitive about, like, presenting this information in a way that was putting the blame on the perpetrator and not the victim. And so we had to, like, keep... I guess our wording and how we presented things in check. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weird how it's become kind of second nature just for like um, many individuals to just automatically jump to, oh, yeah. well, they yeah. shouldn't have done this or yeah. like they shouldn't have, like, it's just, we're so used to doing that. Yeah. And it's good to be aware and like kind of get out of that habit and begin to focus on other things that could actually potentially begin to solve the problem yeah. and hopefully, you know, create change in the future for other people who may experience um, harassment and assault. And I think that lots of the things you're doing with the Today Center kind of leads us into our second question or third question. Um, so the reality is that our school community doesn't actually get to only see the finished products of your planning for solidarity of committee events. And we're wondering what challenges you had to go through to get these cha- um, events running smoothly. Okay, so one of the issues that we encountered was we had come up with the idea of doing a raffle fundraiser for Mm -hmm. the Today Center. However, with the raffle, you also need prizes. And since the Solidarity Committee is a fairly new uh, committee, then we don't really have much funding. So we don't really have much money to buy these prizes. So we were thinking originally to have a portion of the donated money go towards buying the prizes. But... We later checked up with Ms. Valfield, and this does not follow the rules of AGLC, which is the Alberta Gaming, Liquor, and Cannabis Association, because if we were to use some of the money donated at, to buy the prizes, then we would need a license, and then only people over the age of 18 can participate in the raffle, which is very bad news, because our... Um, demographic that we were targeting are Lillian students and majority are not over the age of 18. So after we heard that we had a the executives had a meeting and we talked about other ways to go around this so we didn't have to uh, get a license but also continue with the raffle idea and we thought about the idea of having prizes being donated instead of like buying them and So that's how we started reaching out to businesses around Lillian, like Starbucks and um, Tim Hortons and what else was there? Second Cup, yeah, to like donate prizes. And luckily they were very willing to, which was good on our part. And also we did have another issue coming up with how to go about doing this raffle. So Tracy, do you want to talk more about that? Um, I think this issue that you're referring to is like with the cash, right? So we wanted to have like sort of two paths that you could take to help out with this raffle. And so one was like donating products. So whether that may be like sanitary products or shampoo, deodorant, like items like that, or um, the other route was like monetary donations. But we also like the idea of like exchanging money directly for tickets, like that didn't sit too well with us because that kind of felt like like you were just paying for something and that was not 
like our intention for like our raffle. So we wanted to leave things up more so to chance. And so we came up with the idea of using a prize wheel. So we settled upon like $5 donations, like increments of $5 that would uh, give you a spin on our prize wheel. And so you could win like grand prizes, large prizes and small prizes. So some of the grand prizes were like hoodies, backpacks, all LOHS merch. Um, and like some of the large prizes are like water bottles, t-shirts and small were like little things, including also today's center items. And so that's what we decided upon. Yeah, because the idea of having a money like um like having oh two dollars for one ticket it, it seemed like they were buying the tickets and we wanted to leave it up to luck instead because it was a raffle fundraiser and we wanted to maintain the theme of luck throughout the entire fundraiser so the executives actually had another meeting we have a lot of meetings <laughs> talk about this it was quite the process to plan <laughs> uh yeah we had another meeting and it was i remember it was like a saturday night at like 10 p.m and we were all on a google meet talking about how to go about this and we could not find a solution that night like we were all tired and we were just like arguing like oh some people wanted like the two dollar for one ticket some people wanted to like do the do the wheel thing so then um yeah we ended our night i think we called for like an hour and a half i'm pretty like sure a, that night yeah it was like a solid hour and a half of yeah. just like us arguing, arguing. with one another <laughs> And so we ended up like doing, being less productive than we were in the beginning. Yeah. And then, so at the end of the night, we were all like, you know what, let's just sleep on it. Like we won't come to decision today. And then next thing you know, we come back on Monday and then we just, I'm not even kidding you, five minutes. And we come up with like an idea that worked, that satisfied everyone. Or wait, no, no, actually after our call, see, I could not rest. Right, um, right. And then so <laughs> I reached out to like the other people who I knew had like the same idea as me. And so we spent like another hour and a half planning. And that's how we got to like the, the wheel idea with like the increments of $5. Yeah. Yeah. That just yeah. kind of goes to show like how much it takes to plan these events and how much effort, how much time, how much communication yeah. is involved with actually putting together and making sure everything's organized the way it should be. Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's also really nice to hear that you reached out to many local businesses and they're willing to um you know give back a little bit to the school community and also the just local community in general and we're eager to help out with this yeah um thank you for like telling us about like the what happens in the um insides of the student solidarity mm -hmm. committee and like i guess it kind of goes to show that it's hard for like um organizations in school to like work because there's always like restrictions that you're facing from like teachers such as like mm -hmm. um the thing you told us about the liquor association and i think um i've also faced that too because i'm part of the muslim students association mm -hmm. and we face lots of um restrictions because we have to pray at certain times and they kind of interfere with um class time so it's it's kind of like we have to like work with the principals and like all our teachers to find suitable times and places to pray. So I guess I can kind of relate to your struggles with um, properly organizing events. Um, even though you kind of touched on this already, our next question is, um, uh, since the Student Solidarity Committee does not um, get any funding, how do you take budgeting into account in the brainstorming phase phases of your events? Well, we have to take budgeting into account as in we have zero dollars in our non-existent bank account. So 
everything that we do has to be some sort of donations or yeah just donations and uh, we have to bring into account how much people are willing to donate and like for example the businesses we reached out to I think almost 30 businesses on our list and we reached out to so many in hopes that like at least 10 or at least five would be willing to donate prizes because at that point we were unsure of how many businesses were, are willing to donate prizes because obviously the pandemic and it has hit like small businesses really hard and we actually reached out to two indigenous businesses as well for the fundraiser that Tracy um, actually found during like uh, Truth and Reconciliation Day back in September and they were more than willing to donate. Yeah. Wait, actually, Mofi, one of our other execs, is researching Indigenous businesses. So I have to give her the credit for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you also have credit, too, because you came up with the infographics, too, for the Truth and Reconciliation Day. I helped present the information, but she did the research. Oh. I, can't, I can't take the credit <laughs> for that. But yeah, yeah um, the business, or uh, one, of, one of the businesses that donated, their uh, name, their brand, business name is called Mother Nature, Mother Earth Essentials. And so they'll sell like luxury, like bath and body products. And they donated like a gift basket that was worth $75. And it was the most beautiful, like luxurious looking <laughs> gift basket ever. And, and it, it smelled really good too. Yeah, it smelled yeah. so nice. But going back to the question, because clearly we are very off topic. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so we also consider our cause and we also target businesses that also would be supporting of our cause too. So, yeah. Yeah, um, also um, when you guys talk about um, how you guys approach, approach businesses, it's kind of like, kind of prompted me to ask, um, how do you guys like approach them? And like, how do you get students to um, donate to your causes? Yeah, okay. So at first, when we were planning this fundraiser, all, all of us had no idea how to approach these business, businesses as well. So then I, I think the Parents Association did a silent auction back in May last year where they also had prizes donated. So I had uh, asked Mr. Bachelor of the contact information of the president of the Parents parent association and she actually gave me some very like helpful tips on how to like how to contact these businesses and one thing that you have to do is you have to write a business letter which basically details what your fundraiser is who you are and like what prizes you want them to donate and by what time and a, and a contact like name so she also gave me a bunch of uh businesses that have donated to them in the past which is also very helpful Thank you, Ms. Heard, right here, right now. You really saved us a lot for the, saved us a lot of time for the fundraiser. And yeah. And sorry, what was the other question? Other part um, of the like question? How do you guys like approach the students of Lillian Osborne to donate to your causes? Right. So one of the main ways, I think, is through Instagram and through LOHS TV. But yeah. And we just create nice pretty looking uh, Instagram posts to post on our Instagram and then I think we also have to take into consideration what the students also like want to see in a sense because if we give them a huge page of information they're obviously 
I know like majority of the students are not going to read the information or like briefly skim through it. So we have to be as concise and with as many pictures and little like um, graphics in the posts to like catch their eye, you know? Mm -hmm. Or in terms of like the monetary donations, I know that we did a lot of um, nicely asking students along the hallways yeah. while we were while we set up like, like oh hey do you happen to have like five dollars that you'd be willing to donate to like yeah. this really amazing charity and honestly like a lot of students like more than we were expecting i th i mm -hmm. think like they're like oh yeah like i'll gladly help out so i think also like that like student to student interaction really helps like um, garner like student engagement i guess yeah. And also, oh, wait, sorry. oh sorry, yeah. So also, uh, reaching out when we were reach, when we were reaching out to businesses, we also had to take into consideration what the students also wanted as prizes, because obviously we could have like, um, how do I say something that without offending the business? <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so we were thinking of oh, like Escape City, like pe people want to go to an escape room so we reached out to Ex escape city and we also reached out to dream tea and like petro canada because petro canada is one very close to lillian and also um some high school students drive so they need gas money because gas is very expensive these days and yeah so when we were planning we were focusing on what our target demographic is and how we could like engage them to the maximum potential that we possibly could and yeah yeah hearing all this what like it takes to put on these events what it um all the thinking that comes behind it thinking about the demographic thinking yeah. about businesses how to better um, engage with students get donations and everything like this um it just makes me think a little bit about um you've faced lots of challenges and experiences with this club with these events and i was just wondering what type of things do you see for the future of this committee Ooh, okay. So one of the things that I want to see in the future, maybe when I come back in like five years, is I want to see a more inclusive and uh, diverse Lillian community. And like, don't get me wrong, like Lillian is already very like inclusive, but you can never be too inclusive. And also we have a council on Student Solidarity Committee uh, called Student Support. And we've received many like, experiences from students which are most often not very positive from teachers or other peers in the community and hearing these experiences they don't uh they don't surprise me actually because it's very common to see stuff like this like like homophobia or um, racism that happens in the in the classroom environment but Majority of the teachers are already very inclusive in their classrooms. However, there are still a few areas that I think can still be improved on in um, Lillian, particularly against like around the issue of homophobia. And that's why we have uh, town halls, which are for which are like a presentation slash conversation ish thing that we do with teachers every few months now talking about issues like these like and how to make a more inclusive like classroom and how to like make your uh, students feel comfortable and how to 
include everyone from all sorts of backgrounds and like races and also um, genders as well. So I hope that through these town halls and through our uh, student supports council, we can see a more inclusive Lillian in the future. Yeah, and that's one thing that the Solidarity Committee has done really well, making a space for students to feel comfortable sharing their experiences and being engaged in this research that um, explores different backgrounds, races, and all the things that make up them. So it does add to this um, inclusive and diverse community that we have here at Lillian Osborne. And mm. yeah, I just think that's really cool. Um, so for our next question, um, what big goals do you have for the Student Solidarity Committee, which I'm sure you've touched on earlier, but do you hope to reach um, even further than our school community? Oh, that's a juicy question. Uh, it would be nice to actually. And we already have been doing that with doing like fundraisers with outside organizations like the Today Center. And we were also hoping to do another fundraiser later on in the year uh, with the focus on refugees in Edmonton, particularly like immigrants or like, yeah, uh, we still have, we're still in the planning process of this and it's just a little idea that's been put on the table and yeah, but we've also learned a lot from this fundraiser to uh, leave more time for the planning because obviously there's a bunch of different opinions in the committee and we need time for the communication and also to make sure that everything runs smoothly and also leave extra time just in case something doesn't go the way we planned it does and also to include more members of the solidarity committee this time because I know for sure uh, with our first uh, fundraiser not a lot of the um, members knew about what we what we were doing because most of the planning was done by the executives in the in this in SSC. So with the next fundraiser that that's coming up, I hope that we can involve more uh, members on the SSC who are willing to help as well. Yeah, Tracy, do you have anything to add? No, I think you did an excellent <laughs> job right there. Yeah, I definitely think that. Um, the Student Solidarity Committee has um, the, sorry, I can't think of the word, the potential to expand beyond our school community. And I think like what you said about like all of us being involved in the processes will, um, is something I'm going to be really excited for because I'm also on the Solidarity Committee, mm -hmm. part of the um, research for the Instagram posts. And I feel like, I mean, as of now, because of COVID, I'm only doing research for Instagram posts like by myself and I haven't really like met everyone on the solidarity community in person and had like a proper chance to interact with the um, whole community as a whole. And mm -hmm. I feel like um, in the future um, after hopefully um, after COVID restrictions lift or get easier on us, um, we will be able to meet and um, uh, I guess uh, work together on initiatives so we can kind of, enhance the growth of this initiative. Yeah, and another thing that the SSE has been planning, this was actually an art, uh, idea that stemmed from Archita, which is the president last year, president and founder of SSE. And uh, she wanted to do like a LGBTQ2S plus panel, which talked about different, which brought in like different speakers from different organizations and talked about like 
diversity and homophobia, etc. Um, through this panel. And she gave me a list of ideas of topics and speakers to invite to this panel. And we're actually planning this panel to be around in May. However, due to COVID, this panel can't be in person. So it'll most likely be on a Google Meet. And it'll, it's what's cool about this panel is that it'll be open to APSB like wide, like APSB district wide. So any students from any schools can participate and come to listen to these speakers or like just join in on the conversation about certain topics. And yeah, I think this is a really cool experience to have and to to have in high school, especially because like as we're growing into like adulthood and the real world, uh, I hate that word, but like as we go into the working fields, it's really good to have a sense of um, like, what's the word? Oh yeah, awareness. Awareness about the certain types of issues that go on and to have um, like, not necessarily experience, but um, like, yeah. See, you're like the other half of me. You complete my sentences when I'm... <laughs> Yeah, so like to have an awareness of uh, these issues and a method to really combat these issues as well. So I think this is a really good experience. It seems kind of like a mentorship in a way. So high school students are being able to hear stories from people who have lived experiences or have like professional research or something in that field that can, you know, relay the knowledge that they have onto the next generation of students and um, world leaders who are going to go off and try and battle these stigmas and continue to lessen the effects of it in our world. So mm-hmm. I think that, you know, having the panel, like you mentioned, and um, having other more conversation amongst people who experience these um, issues and also having a more open space for these conversations to happen is a really beneficial thing mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll see the benefits of it come in in the future for um, lots of us today and like our kids and cousins and everyone (laughs) yeah Yeah. um also i have one more small thing to add which i really liked is how you guys are um aiming to expand the solidarity committee's um uh i guess impact outside of just our school so like i think Mm -hmm. how you said something about how um having everyone in the district or like uh, letting everyone in the district Mm -hmm. like joining in on our initiatives and i think that's going to um inspire other high schools in our um epsb district to take up initiatives such as the Student Solidarity Committee, um, and that will really show the impact that we've created. Yeah, we're the OG Student Solidarity Committee. Um, yeah. the second. Oh, the second. <laughs> um, during our preliminary interview, you mentioned that you have upcoming plans for events related to uh, Black History Month. So could you give us a sneak peek on what to expect um, in this month of February? Um, so at the moment, we are, so we're uh, throughout the month of February, Black History Month, of course. Um, each week, we're going to be dedicating it to like a specific region with a large Black population. So, like the first week, we're doing like West African countries, and the second week, we're doing like Caribbean countries. So each day, we're going to be highlighting like the cultural aspects. Because in the past, we've done like BLM, and then so that focuses more on like political yeah. aspects. Yeah. And so for this. This time around, we're kind of trying to like celebrate Black culture and highlight like 
I guess, sorry, I'm using culture a lot, but cultures that aren't necessarily as like highlighted, I guess, within every day. I don't know how else to put that. Yeah, so like obviously BLM is a very important part of Black history and it is very important to address as well because obviously it makes, it's a part of who like the Black people are today, right? But it's also important to remember that they also have a more positive side, like their culture and their traditions and their food as well, music, etc. So we wanted to focus our um, attention on the more cultural aspects, the more positive aspects of like Black history. And we also covered BLM last year. So for those who are interested in reading our infographics, they are up on our website and also on the Instagram page as well. And also going back to the question, uh, we're also doing a fun fact on LHS TV regard, uh, related to Black history, Black legends, Black folktales, and culture in general. Um, so stay tuned every morning for LHS TV to hear the fun fact. And I've read some pretty cool fun facts that are on there. They're actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this month because um, all over our Instagram page, I've seen uh, photos from uh, the Black Student Association making different um, African dishes. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking forward to learning more about um, their cuisine, I guess, this month. Yeah. I can tell you firsthand, it tastes really good. What's jollof your favorite rice, dish? Puff puff, jollof rice. <laughs> jollof rice is an OG. It's yeah. just essential. So yeah, this has been a really fruitful conversation. And our last final question is, what kind of legacy do you hope um, the Solidarity Committee can leave at our school community? Mm, I think a legacy, I hope that, I mean, if we leave a legacy, does that mean that like one day we'll be gone? Is that like, like just like uh, maybe like after you graduate because oh, you're in grade 12 yeah, after you yeah. graduate and you um, pass on the SSC to, you know, other next, members. Yeah. What type of legacy do you hope that they can continue in the further um, years to come? Well, one thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, do you want to go first? Should we bring in our cheetah's words? Like oh. our, our original founder. Sure, sure. What she said. <laughs> okay, so this is what she wrote on the original document, like proposing this committee. So Archita says, we simply want to take proactive steps to change, uh, to make Lillian Osborne a safe, equitable, and actively inclusive environment. The Solidarity Committee serves as a symbol that Lillian Osborne is invested in openly promoting solidarity and evolving from the status quo into not only a better environment, but the best environment it can possibly be. This will be a never-ending process, but we hope the committee will demonstrate that Lillian Osborne is committed to having conversations and starting an open dialogue about all too common social issues and inequities such as prejudice, racism, homophobia, mental health, ableism, and sexism. We hope all students and staff will feel increasingly empowered and comfortable with using their voice, bringing injustices to the forefront of administration and holding peers and coworkers accountable for harm, accountable for harmful behavior. Yeah, so as you can see, Archita is much more eloquent than me. (laughs) (laughs) And me, of course, without a doubt. Yeah, so um, to sum up what Archita is basically saying, like, I hope that once we graduate, 
Uh, the Student Solidarity Committee can be like a safe place for students to come and talk about their experiences without feeling like judged. Because I know for sure that um, it's easier to talk to peers about your experiences rather than like an adult that's like usually of higher up power than you. Because obviously I feel, even I feel intimidated talking to like um, higher ups with power. So I hope that the Solidarity Committee can like provide a space where nobody feels judged and it feels safe and inclusive. Um, and I just hope that whatever we do for this school community can make it a more inclusive place and where the students can actually enjoy high school and feel like they belong here at Lillian. We thank Angela and Tracy for their time to come onto our podcast for an amazing conversation. I was really invested in learning about the ins and outs of the Student Solidarity Committee, and I look forward to its future. Of course, we couldn't have done this without our content producers, Aaron P., Chantal C., Sandy I., and our technical producers, Kevin X and Rena L. The music you heard today is thanks to Sandy S., and a big thanks to Mr. Grodiak and Mr. Backy. Make sure to tune in next time with me and Nabil. I'm your host, Afia Redu, and just remember to be, be legendary. legendary.